The Chicago Bears are in mandatory minicamp. It's our last chance to see the team together before training camp starts in a couple of months, weeks, months, whatever, day, whatever. There's a lot to talk about. And you know what? Let's not waste any time, Sammy. Let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. And we're going to have a great show for you tonight. We are going to be having Jack Wright of the Bear Down Chicago Pod in a couple of moments. But at first, just wanted to uh, acknowledge something that has been happening on Twitter uh, over the last, oh, I don't know, 12 hours or so. Uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, a fan favorite for for, for for many of us, is obviously going through a tough time. His article in The Athletic, I believe it was, was very moving, was very touching. And I think it spoke to a lot of people and kind of gave a glimpse of what he's had to endure over the last couple of years. And I know that everybody is rooting for him. And then, unfortunately, today on Tuesday, there was a horrific injury that he suffered in a live Instagram workout. I want to, first of all, miserable, like a, a terrible thing. And again, everybody's rooting for him, but I do want to thank all the Bears fans who had the presence of mind. And I know a, a number of you posted it and then took it down. That's fine. I think everybody came to the conclusion that we don't need to have that on the internet. And you did a great job of removing that. And I think that it's almost becoming to the point where you, you can't find it anymore, which is the way it should be. So I want to thank everybody and thank the Chicago Bears family for doing that. And if you see people doing it, snitch tag those people and let them know that they shouldn't be doing that. But you know what? Let's not waste any time. Uh, let's bring out one of my favorites, Jack Wright of the Bear Down Chicago Pod. Jack, how are you? How are you doing? I am great, Adam Rank. How are you doing tonight? You know what? I'm doing really well. And I just wanted to say, I, I hesitated to say this to you behind behind the scenes in the green room. I wanted to tell you now. Uh, I really enjoyed the last time we got together. I thought we had a, a delightful conversation. And I said, you know, when we were trying to find somebody for this evening, I think that you needed to go on and be part of the uh, the repeat crew. You know, we've had like Draft Dr. Phil multiple times, Shane, Marceau. Well, I'm probably still getting that wrong. Uh, Bear Down Chicago, uh, Bear Down Cuz. We've had Berlissimo multiple times. So wanted to welcome you to the Repeat Offenders Club. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate it. I think if you had shells on twice too, I mean, you might not want to admit Man, it. I, but I, I, yeah, we we have, we have. Yeah, it was like just a, a, a Brian mistaken, Perez, a mistaken Brian omission. Perez yeah. Brian Perez too. Listen, I know there's some that we're missing, and there's people yeah. we've tried to have back on. The schedules haven't coordinated, and it's fine. Right. Uh, I I think that we've done really well. There's not anybody who will not be invited back. Uh, and that includes so Eric far. Lambert. Well, but we'll, I'll bring back Lambert. I know a wow. lot of people. Listen, I, controversial. I know that there's he he knows and we know like people come in and they take shots, but you know what? He stands his ground. Mm -hmm. And when he was on this show, he was very good. He answered all the questions. He wasn't evasive. He was very forthcoming. And uh, I will always give somebody like that the benefit of the doubt. And I enjoyed actually. I I enjoyed talking to him. So it's fine. Not as much as you though. I like. Oh, and by the way. You. Your son, your son with the, because uh, that, that that's one of the things that struck me is like, how cool is that? <laughs> your your Corvette, the orange Corvette. Like, how did this does this kid understand how cool that was? The opportunity that he had. I think Jack does. He's he's. I mean, what do they say? You can brag about your dog, but not about your kids. So I will do my best, but I do I do have. Just a lot of love for my son, Jack. It, so when he was really young, a family friend, uh, his name is Justin Carlson, had this 76 <laughs> Prime Corvette. If you haven't checked it out on my feed yet, check it out. It's, it really is cool. Uh, orange, bear orange, interior, all Chicago bears. So anyway, Justin said to the, to the boys, to my two boys, listen, when you go to prom, this is your car. You can borrow this car. You can take it to prom. The boys were really young. I mean, they were like five, six, seven years old. So right. Jack, Jack calls it in. He calls him no. up and says, Hey, Justin, 
I'm going to prom. And oh, God no. bless him. Justin Carlson says, you bet, man, I'll bring it over. Drops the car off. Uh, and, you know, it's got the T-top the and everything. And it's, just, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. And Jack, I think, does understand how cool it was. Is it an automatic transition uh, transmission? Uh, yes, I believe okay. so. it was. Yeah, his not stick. I don't think Jack knows how to drive stick. I was gonna say Gen Z kids barely drive. I can't imagine them <laughs> having the, the manual <laughs> transmission. What that would what that would have yeah. been like. But that's awesome. I encourage Thanks. everybody uh, to check that out. To follow you on Twitter. Give us a Twitter handle. Is it Bear Down Jack? Wait, what is it? Yeah, again? At Bear Down Jack. Bear Down Jack. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. If you could do Thanks. that right now. Uh, we would appreciate it. Let's get into some of the things that we've seen in the the camp so far. I think the biggest takeaway has been Kyler Gordon, how well he's been playing. And I said this on Instagram today. I don't I don't want to hear your jokes about how a number six is now making the interceptions instead of throwing them. That's not a cool joke. I don't think it's funny. Don't laugh. Don't laugh for Jay. Jay doesn't it's Jay I mean, though. Right. I mean, don't, don't, don't I don't even know if you want to go down that road with me and Jay. I, I not, a, was not a supporter, not a fan. I don't never like have been. Jack, this I mean, is yeah, last, I realized this is your last time on the show. I hope you. So, enjoy. Well, okay. Well then maybe we should get into that. Let's just, I mean, no, Ryan no, Dingle, no. let's, let's, yeah, let's, he's uh, a huge let's, fan. Okay. I'm teasing. You can Fine. listen. I understand. I understand people's uh, apprehension to talk about Jay Cutler. Well, let's, mm -hmm. let's keep it positive. What about Kyler Gordon? It looks like, man, I know it's, I know it's camp and I know everybody blows this up, but I, I really have a great feeling about Kyler Gordon. I do too. And, and I think especially since it's been so controversial in the wake of the draft as to whether or not defensive backs should have been taken or not. But mm -hmm. I, as we've talked about, I think, and as you've talked about, if you've got a defensive back that's going to shore up one of the worst defensive backfields in the league as of last year, somebody that's going to come in right away and, and he's going to play right away. And if he can be an impact player, if he can get some INTs and we can start turning the ball over, that's going to be a massive, massive impactful change right away for next year. So it's great, great to see him showing up and showing out right away in camp. Yeah, it is one of those things. Again, I was, I was very vocal about going for the offensive side of the football, but have completely changed my tune. When did, when you get an opportunity to see these players. And so I think that that's been one of the bright spots so far. And I think it goes in Friday, or excuse me, Thursday, uh, I'm going to be joining the football outsiders. Uh, once again, going against the notion that the bears have irreparably harmed Justin Fields. What is, when is this narrative going to finally end? I mean, does it not end until the season starts? I guess. I don't think that it does end until then. And it's it's almost getting to the point of being mystifying. I mean, I don't know if it's just because we're a major market team and people want to talk about Justin Fields. And, and maybe now the die has been cast that if you put out this type of article about Justin Fields, then you're going to get a ton of attention. And that's, <laughs> that's proven to be the case. I, I almost think it would be more fun if I argued that they have recklessly abandoned him and you argue that they haven't, because I think we yeah. agree that they haven't, but I mean, I know Ryan Dangle from our, you know, our podcast, he, he would have still liked to have seen them go offense is still disappointed that they didn't go offense. Yeah. Feels that they're not going to be able to get a good sense of whether we have the franchise quarterback or not feels they were still good wide receivers on the board that we passed up. And I, I think there's arguments there, but I don't think yeah. you can say, well, you could say that they should have perhaps supported him more or should in the future support him more. I think the embed, like the whole idea of that they abandon him yeah. That's just, I think that's clickbait. I don't think there's any validity. I think it's crazy too. And, you know, I'm, I'm putting together my series that I do for NFL.com every year called state of the franchise. I'm currently working on the Philadelphia Eagles piece. And I think that it's, it's pertinent to point, uh, to point out right now, Jalen hurts and his kind of uh, progression in the NFL kind of going along. I think last year he was his second season. The Eagles, you know, made an upgrade at the wide receiver. They brought in Devonta Smith. I would argue that Darnell Mooney and rookie Devonta Smith are roughly the same player. Like, I don't think that, you know, that there's much difference between those two. And so the Eagles went about their business last season. They made the playoffs, mind you. 
the number seven seed. They were not very competitive in the playoffs, something we know a little bit about. And then this year, they took the draft capital and they brought in A.J. Brown. I think that the Bears have already decided that Justin Fields is going to play his rookie con. He's going to play that the four years. He's playing the four years because he's a first-round pick. You will give him that opportunity. I think this is the perfect way to build it. I mean, when they next year, depending on wherever they finish, you're going to be able to draft a first-round wide receiver who will be able to come in and make an immediate impact. I I would suggest that they've they've done the correct thing, even though I know it's disappointing for some people. I think so too, and I, I think as we chatted about, given the situation that Ryan Poles was in, and the availability of picks in cap room. I do think he's done the best that he can. I mean, do you, do you think there's any validity to the idea that perhaps the, the Poles and Eberflus are pulling back a little bit because they don't know what they have in JF1? They didn't draft him. Yeah. So if they go all in on him and it doesn't work out, there's this pattern of taking over in a first year and then inheriting a number one draft pick quarterback and then getting fired a couple of years later. Yeah. So I guess I don't think I'm trying to think outside of what I believe. Would, would it be that far fetched to think, well, listen, we're not going to go all in on him yet because we don't know. We don't know for sure whether or not he is a franchise quarterback. And so maybe we are going to keep our chess pieces back just a little bit until we can be sure. In other words, maybe it would make sense that they don't go all in in yeah. terms of trying to find these pieces are let's build the defense. Let's slow play it on Justin Fields, see what we have. And then if we've got it, now we go get our, our number one top tier wide receiver. I mean, maybe, maybe if that's the case, that's a wise move. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're investing a lot in New York and in Zach Wilson. And I don't think, and, and Zach Wilson to be is a bigger wild card than Justin Fields. And it's like, well, what are you going to do? Like, a, I don't know. Like, what if, like, what if his surrounding cast is so good that it masks how awful this guy can be? Like, what if you do? Yeah, like, oh, we don't really like a lot of these guys. I don't know. There's, there's other yeah. ways to look at it. So I think that I don't know. Right. I just, I'm tired of the of the articles. Um, I don't know why the Bears need to be the ones that everybody comes down on all the time. Like Zach Wilson doesn't get this. Trevor Lawrence is not getting this, you know, everybody's kind of like, yeah, that's fine. They're, they're doing like, okay. Like, I guess we should have just signed Christian Kirk and everybody would have been happy. I do want to talk a bit about though, because when I was on total access the other day, cheap plug, I will be on total access on the Fridays up through the end of June. So if you want to check that out, by the way, a uh, quick reminder, I'll be on good morning football. I will be replacing Kyle Brandt for the entire week, just the week. Not, not the, not, not forever, but the week If they want me to do it forever. It's going to cost them a lot of money. I know Jack, Jack heard me talking about some, some numbers that would take me to move, but it's a lot of lettuce, a lot, it's of, a lot lettuce. of lettuce, but for the week they got me because I'm going to be able to do it here from home. Not from the bear set. I will be over in my NFL set, but I, um, so I will be doing that. I think, uh, but when I was on total access the other day, David Carr, who I love dearly and was saying that the Packers were like, I don't think the Packers are going to win eight games. I'm curious as to what you think the outlook, and I know everybody's going to be like, talk about the Bears. Like, we've talked about the Bears plenty. I want to start talking about some of our opponents. The Packers. I think that they're still a very good football team, but when you look at, like, when you look at their offense and you start looking at their receiver room, like, there's, like, I know that Aaron Rodgers is great, but it's like, that's not a great receiving room. I mean, do you think that the Packers could be in trouble by any stretch of the imagination? Well, yes and no. I mean, I, I do think that they could have a top 10, top five defense. And so yeah. it could be a little bit of a shift in the way that they win games where it's right, where it's, you know, it's 17, 14, or you know, there's a lower score game. But I mean, the dialogue on sports talk radio this morning, uh, I think specifically on the score was the discussion of whether or not the wide receiver room in Green Bay was equally as bad or worse than the wide receiver room in Chicago. And yeah. it was kind of shocking to think that you could make an argument that perhaps it's either on par or worse. Now, here's the key factor. We've seen that great 
quarterbacks elevate the play of the wide receivers that are around them. I always think of the instances of, you know, Marvin Harrison and uh, Peyton Manning being shown in pregame on Sundays, going through every single route option based on coverage. I mean, now Marvin Harrison obviously was an elite wide receiver, but there's so many examples of the Brady's of the world and the rod, you know, the Aaron Rodgers of the world taking mediocre wide receivers and making them Gordy, you know, is another example, making them excellent wide receivers. And so I think he has the ability to elevate play for sure, but you do have to ask yourself why Devontae Adams didn't want to play with him. I think that's, that's pretty clear. People don't like it. People don't like Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I love Derek Carr. I love the Carr family. But, you know, you have something established with Aaron Rodgers. I know he wanted to go play with his one of his best friends, but I think that's pretty damning that he chose too. not to play. And by the way, like, has there ever been, like, who is the big name free agents that have joined the team on the offensive side of the football during the Aaron Rodgers era? I'm not talking oh, about Aaron. I'm not, I'm not talking about Aaron Jones re-signing or anything like that. James Jones coming back, you know, when he was with the Raiders, then he came back to finish his career. Randall Cobb also did the same thing. But it's not like these guys flock. Like they're not knocking down the door to go play with them. Like you'll see that. Like you see all the way that these guys are trying to align their teams. And even in this era where you know, guys are trying to get out of their contracts and they're trying to get sent to places to go play with certain quarterbacks. Nobody wants, nobody, nobody's being like, I got to go to Green Bay. And there's a huge opportunity. I know the weather sucks, but anybody tells you, like my friend James Jones, Southern Cal, or, or excuse me, Northern California kid, did not play in anything, you know, did not grow up in snow. He will tell you, like, you'll get used to it. It's such a great atmosphere. You want to be there. But there is nobody that wants to go and play with Aaron Rodgers, And I think it's very telling. I think it's kind of like draft day when it's like, yeah, the guy threw a birthday party and nobody showed up. Like, I think it's very telling about green Bay or about Aaron and Aaron Rodgers in particular. I mean, you make a great point. I mean, and didn't he make some snide comment about like, about that the idea that like, kind of like a, a Joakim Noah, like, you know, nobody goes to Cleveland, right? Like nobody goes to green Bay, but I'm here. But I don't think that holds true to your point. I, I can't think of a single person that they're talking about how it would be difficult for the bears to pick up any of the, like the Will Fullers or the Jarvis right. Andrews of the world, because people don't want to come and play, you know, in Chicago because it's cold and the organization hasn't been very good to put it mildly. And I understand that, but you often hear about top tier players who want a chance to win a ring. Yeah. And I think there's a hall of fame quarterback up there in the North beyond the cheese curtain that might win a ring. It's a great point. Why would you not, look to try to join that crew and play on that offense. If he is all that he is supposed to be. (laughs) I don't know. There's been, there's stories. People don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like it just, it's just very telling that nobody's Mm -hmm. come in. Um, Even guys at the end of their careers or anything like that. It'll be interesting. You know, it'll be interesting to see like Jarvis Landry obviously goes, obviously he's going back to new Orleans. He's from Louisiana, but he's still, and it, I, the weather's, you know, they play in a dome and everything. He's still signing on to play with Jameis Winston. And I don't, right. this, is a, this isn't a knock on Jameis Winston, um, who I've found personally uh, to be a nice, he was, he was nice to me. I know that he's had some issues in the past, but very pleasant. People seem to like him and it'll be telling. I'm, I'm so curious where Odell Beckham Jr. ends up because he gets to pick his spot and he can wait and he can rehab and he can come back. I know the Rams want him back. I know. Uh, I I honestly believe that he, if New Orleans comes out and starts playing well, I think that Odell Beckham Jr. could end up with the New Orleans Saints. They'll just do an entire LSU thing. Jarvis, they got the Honey Badger. Let's get Zach Mettenberger to be the backup quarterback. I mean, it could be a get Jeremy Hill out there, Alfred Blue. Let's get everybody going again. I don't know. I where do you think OBJ could end up? That is a great. If he ends up with the Rams, that's going to be quite a room, isn't it? That's going to yeah. be quite a right because they did they grabbed a Rob from us and they've already got Cooper Cup and I mean, wow, that would be. I don't even know if there there probably wouldn't be enough footballs to go around it in, in that particular room. It seems you know, yeah. it seems like they would be unselfish enough. Um, True, just to want to go out there and and win. 
And I, I especially after what Allen Robinson went through last year, it'd be like, I don't care if you throw me 20 passes. Like, let's just go win a ring. And yeah. outside of the Bears, I will be rooting for that. I'm still a big Allen Robinson guy. I don't, I'm like, you're cool. Like, I understand. Like, I couldn't, I know a lot of people that rub people the wrong way, but it's like, eh, I'm also a jerk. So I'm like, I get it too. So I don't know. Well, but, I think uh, that situation, there's such a time, must have been such a toxic situation. I mean, if your head coach isn't talking to you at all and you're not talking to him for like massive chunks of the season, I mean, what is, what is that about when you talk? And we don't want to, I don't yeah. think we want to go down that road, but you talked about culture all the time, you, 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 Matt Nagy, but then like, you don't even have the ability to go and like reach an olive branch out to your number one, one receiver. I think that guy's going to be on a mission this year. And I think he'll fit in really nicely in that offense and probably be awfully productive. Heck, he was even getting yak yards towards the end of his time here at, uh, you know, in Chicago, which uh, he almost never had any yak yards. And you could tell he made that a purposeful part of yeah. his game last year totally i'm uh i'm already i'm already ready to die back in in fantasy and i know it cost me last year like i was god i i don't i know nobody cares about your fantasy team i don't remember how it worked out i hit on two superstars oh that people weren't thinking of i gotta go back i'll go back and check it out i'm so so removed from fantasy but like my, when I tell people who my first two picks were, they're like, how did you lose? I'm like, well, I was taking Allen Robinson in the fourth round mm-hmm. and uh, one of the receivers who got hurt. I'm like, whatever it was, but it was terrible. Mm-hmm. But uh, we do have some questions uh, that we can start rolling through because Sammy's getting mad at me. Um, ooh, here's a good one. Who do you guys that see as the favorites to be team captains? I'm curious as to who steps up and who is going to be one of those guys who's going to be a leader. And I'll tell you right now, uh, two guys, I'll, I'll start offensively. I would love to see step up. I mean, obviously, aside from Justin Fields, I would love to see David Montgomery and I would like to see Darnell Mooney. I mean, two obvious picks, but I think it would be something extra. I think especially for Darnell Mooney, I'll, I'll peel it back to Darnell Mooney. I would love to see, and because it's it, it has to come from your effort and it has to come from the way that you lead this team. And I really hope that Darnell Mooney can take the reins like that and be a captain. Uh, who would you say? It is a really interesting question because uh, Brendan Chagru via Adam Hogue today tweeted that Matt Eberflus hasn't decided if he'll have weekly captains or season-long captains, but said the process of evaluating the possible leaders of the team started on day one. And as we both know, that was one of the biggest beefs that Bears fans had with Matt Nagy. And I think rightfully so, because the way in which it rotated and just, I mean, I think it was just another element of what seemed to be a dumpster fire when it came to leadership on that team. I mean, I think you go with your studs. I think you go with Roquan on D and you take Justin Fields on offense and you roll. You know, I mean, you make a great point about Darnell Mooney, and I'm starting to come over a little bit. Uh, I've not not felt he would necessarily be a number one, but I read an article today that put some stats up against other number ones, especially given the factors of the Bears offense last year, which was really, really bad. And he still put up numbers that, you know, in comparison could be could be considered, um, you know, WR one type receiver numbers so what like, why do you why do you think like you would you choose him over over fields or Monty no 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 no, no just no, want to no, see no. him be in a leadership role yeah i i don't think that it's confined to two people if i'm not if right. i'm thinking about this correctly that you can have multiple i don't know i don't know if you have two if you have just two if i do obviously it would be justin fields but if it is something that you can expand and have because i'm thinking of the guys who go out um who, uh, you know, go for the coin tosses and things right. like that. But the one thing, I just want to see him, and maybe it, I'm, I don't know if it's in his character or not, not, and this isn't a knock on him. Not everybody wants to be the captain or wants to be that leader, sure. but I would love to see him, especially with everybody who's knocking the wide receiver room, for everybody who is, um, you know, calling him a wide receiver three, that might just be one person, I would like to see him take that with that added chip on his shoulder. So if he did have the C on his chest, I have to assume I I'm assuming more than two guys are the captains, but I do. I just want to see him. I just want to see him step up like outside of, you know, Tariq Cohen. 
who we talked about at the top of the show. Mm. Darnell Mooney is one of those players that I, because of everything and all the slander that is being thrown in his direction, I want to see him having a fantastic year. That is the one, that is one of the things. And again, when we're talking about evaluating this team, you know, whether it's wins and losses or whatever it is, I want Darnell Mooney to have a fantastic year. And I want there to be no doubt that where people are like, oh yeah, this is, this is one of the best wide receivers in the game. And he's really stepping up. And I really think too, the targets are going to be elite level as well. And I know that people are like, well, Allen Robinson's not there anymore. I'm like, dad, Allen Robinson sort of wasn't there last year. No disrespect to him. I love Allen right. Robinson. But, and you also have to remember too, like there could be more play action this year. There could be a more conducive system. And I really do believe that there's an opportunity for him. And so that the, the volume will exceed the nobody's there to protect them kind of thing without having a, mm-hmm. a, a wide receiver one, so to speak. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's my earnest desire for him to step up. Yeah, I guess is my big thing. I got, I guess that's what I'm going for. I like, I mean, I like the idea. I really like the thought of it because you're right. I think if the wide receiver crew is going to be dogged as much as it's being dogged and perhaps rightfully so, what if we see him take a leadership role and then, you know, Pringle or EQ Brown or one of them uh, just elevate their play beyond all expectations, right? These, these are the types of things when all this conjecture is going on that people, we just don't know and we can't account for, but somebody always does elevate their play and someone always does take on a leadership role like you're alluding to. And why not? Why not Darnell Mooney? And like you said, people like to lead in different ways, right? Some are vocal, yeah. some aren't. Some, you know, lead with their play on the field. It, it, just, it just depends. But, but yeah, you need those guys. And that's also why, by the way, I really dislike Jay Cutler. Because he wasn't, oh, <laughs> you know, I, he wasn't a leader at all. <laughs> Kyle Long tells a different story, but I, I think know. That, I think that it's just as quarterbacks go. I don't think that. Yeah, he was. I think he cared. I, but I'm, gosh, every time you watch him mm-hmm. on TV and stuff, you're like, you got to just understand that's the way this person is, and it's. Right. I don't know. It it usually doesn't lend itself to like the quarterback room. You got to be a little bit more of an alpha. Not that he's not an alpha male or anything like that, but it, right. I don't know. Like he's cool and he's aloof. And I don't know. There's something to be said about all that. You need a certain person to go along with that. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And I also see like trading away Greg Olson also hurt. Oh my goodness. Like that, that is one that is one I will always <laughs> go back to and just look at like they showed Jay throwing bombs to 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 Greg Olson and it's like why? Like even if the offensive I would have fired Mike Martz. Oh my gosh. If he's like we don't we can't use this guy be like bro then you can't you can't coach in the NFL. Like this is our guy. Like what are you doing? Such a huge misstep. I mean, I mean, he just went on and had just an illustrious career. I don't know. It was because of the bromance between Jay and I don't know. I I don't know what that was about. But like, we don't need a tight end. What are you talking about? I don't. It was made so little sense. It was uh, really one of the worst decisions uh, in Bears history in quite some time, and that could be debated. Uh, we should probably just do it, devote a whole show to that at some point. Maybe we'll try to get Mike Martz on. I don't know. Defend yourself. <laughs> awesome. But, Let him defend uh, himself. See what he says. I do. Yeah, he probably's got a rational explanation. I'll be like, no, yeah. I don't think that. Uh, but but Sammy, what do we got next? Uh, rank. Oh, you know what? I was so happy. I was hoping somebody was going to talk about this. I've been drafting Bayless Jones in every rookie draft so far. Been getting him in the fourth round. What are your projections for him this season and beyond? I'm glad you brought this up. Because over the weekend, uh, Matt Harmon, who a lot of people know from the fantasy space, he's with Yahoo Sports, got married. And, you know, Matt Harmon's been a friend of mine for quite some time, ever since he came to the NFL years ago. I was in attendance. There's a guy that we used to work with who we affectionately called. Anybody who's named Sullivan is always going to be Sully. And so Sully was the guy. I saw him and it dawned on me and I saw him and I'm like, come here, I need to talk to you about Valus Jones. And he gets a big smile on his face, and he's like, I love him. And I go, now listen, Sully, you were the guy, he's a big Tennessee fan. He was a guy a couple of years ago that when Alvin Kamara was drafted, he came up to me, and he goes, whatever you do, 
draft Alvin Kamara in all your fantasy drafts. This guy is an absolute stud. Everybody's sleeping on him because Tennessee kind of sucks and we're not Alabama. But he's like, I am telling you, I will guarantee that he's going to be a good player. And of course, I went on NFL Fantasy Live and started parroting those takes, giving Sully no credit until now, because that's what I do. I'm a coward. No, I'm kidding. I we credited Sully. Don't don't get it twisted. So I go up and I'm like, Bayless. I go, I just I just thought about this over the weekend when I saw him. I said, Bayless, I go, dude, I go, could he be the Alvin Kamara of wide receivers, third round guy? Everybody's dog in the pick. Nobody thinks he's going to be good. Remember when Alvin Kamara first went to New Orleans, they had Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram. Nobody gave him much of a chance. And Sully would not go out and give him the Alvin Kamara endorsement, but was very effusive in praise. And we spent 30 minutes talking about him. I am feeling better and better about this pick. I honestly believe that he is going to be a productive player. And I don't remember who the person was who pointed this out. It might've been, I think it was some, it might've been Shigru. Somebody, um, I, I believe he's on your pod, but it was talking about like, he might not be Debo, but if he was Percy Harvin, that would be pretty good. And I'm like, you know what? That's not a bad comp. And I think that what we're going to see out of Valus Jones is fantasy football wise. He's not going to be, a, he's probably not going to win you your league. Like it's just, I don't think the volume is going to be there. But as far as pop plays, YouTube highlights, and going out there and being a productive member of this team, I do have an expectation for him. And I think he's going to do some special things. And I'm getting more and more convinced of this as we get closer to training camp. And he just signed his contract today, so I'm feeling good. How are you feeling about Bayless Jones? Real quick, so would you take a flyer on him late, or are you thinking you would? Oh, I'm you, I'm I'm drafting him all over the place. Yeah, okay, I, gotcha. I, right. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a couple of dynasty leagues. All right, so it was important to take him. Redraft leagues probably not as much, mm-hmm. but dynasty rosters are huge, and you're like, right. there's you never know. I mean, what if they do just dial up plays for him, and he gets he gets twelve, mm-hmm. t- he gets ten touches a game, and just starts popping out touchdowns, special teams yardage thing things like that. Right. I don't know. I I my expectations for him as a football player are much higher than a fantasy guy, but okay. I still draft him in fantasy because I'm a lunatic. Well, and there's a lot of upside, potential upside. I think when I watched him on film, when he was drafted by the Bears, I was impressed with a few things. His short routes and his slants, catching the ball over the middle and taking hits. Real physical dude, mm. uh, taking hits and then fighting for extra yardage, even though he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't necessarily look like stature wise, a guy that would be that type of player. So he goes over the middle really well. His hands are soft. I didn't see him drop very many passes. I think his zero to 60 speed is outrageously fast. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think when I think of zero to 60, I think of, of, of rocket Ishmael. I don't know if I've ever seen a dude on a football field make people look like they're standing still like Rocket did. And there were certain plays that I think we've seen in college from Jones that look similar in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, The special teams uh, play that he showed. I like that he's 25. That was like almost became a joke on into itself. You know, he's 25 and everybody freaks out about the fact that he, I I like it. I prefer that he is a little bit older and a little bit more more mature, especially given the makeup of this particular team. Now we talked about this last time. Bears goggles are a thing. We want our players to be good because we don't have a whole lot of other elements to vest our our interest and allegiance in. So I having said all of what I just said about what I like about him, I I understand that I just, you probably too, we just want him to be good and we'd love to have him on our fantasy team. And we'd love to see him be that Swiss army knife, that Debo Samuel type of player. That would be pretty awesome. If we actually, if polls hit on him and he does come to fruition, how cool would that be? That would be exciting because he's an exciting watch. Yeah, and I think that it it goes back to what we keep talking about with the draft is that everybody is hopeful that every one of their players that you draft is going to end up being a good 
football player. I remember a couple of years ago, Kylie Pitts was drafted. Redlands kid who played at UCLA, late round pick, who I really wanted to be good. And, you know, it never worked out. But I was still optimistic because I remembered him coming up. And I think that that fans of every team, we do that. I mean, as you should. And I think that Jets fans are very invested in all their guys. You know, Sauce Gardner, you know, Jets fans hope, like, you have no guarantee that these players are going to be good. You're hopeful. There was a plan in place and like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's the, I guess that, and it goes back to what bothers me about the criticism of the Chicago bears is that they they aren't trying to win. It's like, well, they drafted two very good uh, secondary pieces who should start this season. They've drafted, including a second rounder last year, they've drafted what eight offensive linemen in the last two drafts. You can't tell me that they haven't tried to address their needs on the offensive line. And then similarly, they used a day two pick, which everybody wanted them to do use a day two pick on a wide receiver, which is what they did. And there is no difference between if they had drafted George Pickens or Christian Watson or any of those other day two guys, all of them are a risk. None of the sky more. None of these guys are guaranteed. We're obviously very biased and we want our guy to be good. And I think that's fine. I think every, every team, every Packers fan is convinced that Christian Watson is going to be great. Every, every Steelers fan is convinced that George Pickens is going to be the guy. So I think that why can't we get the benefit of the doubt there? Why don't we get to pretend or hope or have that kind of, uh, that kind of hope that, that he's going to be that, that kind of player. And I think that there is stuff like there, there are reasons to be excited. And so uh, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And we're fanatics. We're fans. Your son drove an your fa- your son drove an orange Corvette to the. We park. are. There's a reason they say fanatics, right? I mean, our allegiances can be a little crazy. And my my other my other sense is, given the fact that Poles is playing the long game, and this might just be my own personal wish, to be honest. And I have these strong feelings about the fact that I don't think the Bears have really, truly had blue chip players on offense since Walter Payton and only a handful of guys really that could be considered number one wide receivers. So my hope is that what's happening is we didn't see Poles didn't see that game changing touchdown machine X wide receiver in this particular draft by the time all those whiteouts had been drafted on day one. And so then what's the plan? Then we wait and we get that guy next year, either through free agency or through the draft, we're going to have a a first round draft pick. And that's my personal hope that that happens. So now in the meantime, yeah, we are just trying to take shots on guys that seem to get in the end zone a lot. One year contract guys who may be bus, who may end up being camp bodies, who may end up being on the practice squad, or they might end up being, you know, uh, on special teams and and that, and they, there might be more misses than there are hits. There'll probably be more misses than there are hits. But again, I'm not sure what else he could have done given the situation that, 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 that he was handed. Yeah, I agree with every everything that you just said. And I know that was a long-winded answer. We're talking about Valus Jones, but you know what? I think that uh but that's that's where we're at right now. I, I think that you know what? I think that it's the way that I it, he he followed a plan, and I think that's what we're doing when we're grading stuff and we're like, did this did this GM follow a plan? I think Ryan Poles did, and that was the most important thing. He followed a plan, he stuck to his board. And we're going to see the benefit of this. I don't think he's leaving Justin Fields high and dry. I think he's doing a fine job. So, uh, Sammy, what else do we got? What else do we got? Hey, uh, hello, hey, Adam. Question. Uh, what do you think of Montgomery? I fear he won't be extended when it's that time. Bear down. You know, I would, I don't know. We go back and forth because we had Shane on who's like, you know what? Running backs are not always going to be extended. Draft Dr. Phil thinks that he should be extended. It's very difficult because running backs seemingly don't perform well in their second contracts. And I know it's one of the worst parts about the NFL right now is that we don't see, you know, these guys come to, we don't see them get those second contracts, especially not running backs nowadays. But at the same time, I think it's, I don't know. I'm hopeful that they can work something out because I think like, 
you know, I don't think he's not old or anything like that. I would like to see him get an extended run in Chicago. I don't know that it's going to happen. And I think Khalil Herbert last season kind of really hurts. They're like, oh, like Khalil Herbert's great. And now they, they drafted another guy this year who should be really good as well. I don't know. I want to see David Montgomery do well, and I want him to get paid, and I want him to make a lot of money. I'm not sure that it's going to happen. Where are you with David Montgomery? I think I have similar feelings. I think it's difficult. I don't know about you. I find it very difficult to to gauge or judge Bears running backs because we grew up watching Sweetness. So that's, yeah. I mean, it's a problem, right? I mean, I, I think there was no greater running back ever. Having said that, I think D, I think Monty is one of the first guys that I think delivers punishment in the way that Walter Payton used to. One of the, the, the first backs that we've had who is, I mean, he, I saw him at camp a couple of years back uh, when Mitch was still there and they were still down in Bourbon A. And it yeah. was one of those runs where it looked like he had been tackled, right? And everybody's kind of like, kind of like mildly clapping for the defense. And then all of a sudden he's got a second effort and a third effort and then he breaks through. So I think he's, he's a physical runner. He's a good blocker and he can catch out of the backfield. My biggest issue with him is have we seen him any, have we seen him break any touchdown runs in the open field? Does he have the type of speed that allows him to take it to the house? And the, the answer is no. And I, if we're not going to find that type of explosive player anywhere else on the Bears' offense, Mm-hmm. Then, then I don't think. I guess I should restate, like restate that. If J- Jones Jr. or one of the other wideouts or someone else becomes that explosive touchdown machine, then Monty yeah. maybe doesn't become somebody that you resign because you can find another running back like him. It seems like these days yeah. we're not in the era of LT anymore, right? You drafted LT yeah. back in the day and you won your fantasy league because he did everything and he yeah. was elite. He was he was amazing. And so it seems like they're more interchangeable now. And it hurts my heart to say that a little bit because I, I think Monty is a bear. He's a true yeah. bear, a great kid who works hard, who wants to win, who speaks out truthfully when things are bad. There's a lot to like about him, but I, I would tend to agree with you. I don't think they will probably extend him. And, and, and again, I, I long for a day where we have a running back who breaks through a, a seam, goes off tackle, maybe, maybe spins or sheds a tackle, and then, boom, he, he shifts to another gear, and he's gone. And yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't think that's, that's, not, that's not David Montgomery. Yeah, he had a couple of nice breakaways. There's one on my TikTok right now that you can go find from last year, but whatever. I, I do agree, though, because he is more of a bruising bulldozer type of running back. We seem to be able to find those kind of players, and we don't have a Ladanian Tomlinson. And I think that it's going to become a problem through probably starting right now, as you see these high schoolers, nobody probably wants to play running back anymore. They see how short these careers are for running backs. They're like, put me out at wide receiver. I mean, Debo Samuel doesn't want to take handoffs like that. Presumably is a huge issue for them and why he wants to leave the San Francisco 49ers. It's because he doesn't want to take handoffs anymore. And it's become kind of an issue. And I think these guys want to go be a wide out and they see what Tyree kill and A.J. Brown and what they were able to do this summer. Who is the other guy who left? Devontae Adams, obviously. Hmm. I think now that like there's a shift, and we might not see a, a LaDainian Tomlinson ever again, and I told this on the – I think it was on the podcast or Take It to the Rank last week. I said LaDainian Tomlinson, to me, does not get enough recognition for how good he was because, to me, and I didn't see Jim Brown play, and I just saw the back end of Walter Payton's career – but I didn't see Jim Brown play. So I have to take him out of the equation. I hear he's awesome. I'm sure Marion Motley was too. I did not see that. But for my money of the running backs that I have seen in my lifetime, Walter Payton, obviously number one, the number two guy for me is LaDainian Tomlinson. He did everything that Walter Payton could do. And he could also throw the football. I don't think he was as good as Walter. And if LaDainian was here, I would probably sing a different tune. Although I've told, I've, although I've told him to his face, I'm like, you're, you're, my, you're my number two guy, um, which he feels, <laughs> he doesn't feel disrespected about it's, it's insane. Because Peyton, to me. Yeah. He probably recognizes Peyton's greatness. Nobody, nobody, listen, none of these guys will ever say a bad word about Walter Payton. And they, they kind of wear that and he's very humble. And you hear people when they talk, they'll come to the set or they'll do whatever. And they're on and they'll be like top five, top, whatever. And I, I will always stop them. 
And I'll be like, listen, I had Chargers season tickets just to go see Ladanian Tomlinson. He was the most incredible, the the most versatile, the the, the greatest running back since Walter Payton. And I'm trying to, th- I, I know people will say Barry Sanders and everything. Barry Sanders. Yeah. Like Barry Eric Sanders Dickerson, was great. Eric Dickerson. They're going to say Emmett Smith. Oh, no. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Dickerson's great. He was different. not, he, he could not catch the football like mm-hmm. Ladanian Tomlinson. And I think mean, that's a big thing about Barry Sanders, too, is true. I don't remember him catching the ball that well. Um, not probably- to the like to the, the extent that LT did, uh, right? I mean, like, he was incredibly productive. He 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 basically changed the position in that regard right? yeah. as being as being a back out of the backfield who could catch at such a, a proficient rate. It was incredible. He could throw the ball. He could do all sorts of stuff. And I think at some point, I hope the NFL Network will allow me to narrate a series about how the Chargers drafted Drew Brees and Ladanian Tomlinson in one draft and did not win a Super Bowl. It doesn't make ah, any sense. No. And and I've I've mentioned this too. And I know I'm sorry, this isn't bear centric. So apologies to everybody if we've gotten off the, the rails with not talking about specifically about the Bears. But if if you go back and look at the draft, if the if the Chargers had just said, you know what, we'll give Drew Brees another chance. Let's not take Eli Manning. Let's take Larry Fitzgerald. You would add Drew Brees, Larry Fitzgerald, and Ladanian Tomlinson. And I asked LT, I'm like, do you guys ever talk about that? He's like, we. I, he's like, I've thought about that an awful lot. I'm like, hmm. oh, that doesn't make any sense. But anyways, let's get back to the Bears, Jack. I'm sorry. Bears. <laughs> the Bears. Sorry. It's football. Bears. <laughs> I'm not sitting here talking about San Andreas, at least. So hopefully that was. Uh, hopefully, yeah. By the way. If you'll allow me to talk about great running backs, just type in the word sick. What I want you to type in right now, after Walter Payton, who is the best running back in NFL history that you saw. Don't don't start, don't put Red Grange or something like that. Like who yeah. you saw, uh, type that in the comments. Would love to hear that. We'll go through a number of them at the end of the show. Uh, but what about, uh, is there another question though? Uh what do we need from Justin Fields to consider this year successful yards, TDs, wins? You know, I think that there's, I'll let you answer this. I've got my idea. Jack, what do you think? What do they got to do? What does what, what Justin Fields got to do for you to, to think of this as a successful season? I center on two areas of improvement. I think one would be to drastically reduce turnovers. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do think that's going to come, part and parcel with a new system and a new offensive coordinator and just a, a, com- a completely different vibe. I think a lot of those turnovers were the result of the fact that the scheme was so terrible that he's seven step dropping, that he's getting 2.6 seconds, you know, before he's getting yeah. pressured. So, I mean, yes, is he to blame for some of those? I'm sure he would, he would own it if he needed to, but I do think it was also a little bit systemic of the, the lack of offensive scheme. So th- that would be one. And then I think he's got the athleticism. I think he's got the arm strength. And I, somebody was knocking his accuracy the other day, and I, I'm Ooh. impressed with his accuracy. I, I think he's like threads some needles in, in impressive ways. And so I, I like his accuracy. I think it's decision-making. But, but I do think that's another factor that if we think we have what we have in Getze, that we're going to begin to see a little pressure taken off of him. It sounds like we've got a fullback. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run it straight ahead. We're going to take some pressure off him in that regard and let him develop and evolve a little bit as a quarterback. So, I mean, maybe it's too abstract, but I just like to see some, some clear cut improvement, right? The eye test usually doesn't fail you. We, we know what it looks like now because we've seen it in Patty Mahomes and we've seen it, yeah. you know, and other quarterbacks around the league. And so, yeah, better decision-making, less turnovers, um, being able to, to use his legs and athleticism at appropriate times. Oh, we need him to slide better, Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need him to slide way better. And it seems like such a ridiculous thing, but he – Right. There's times I thought, oh, my God, this because he doesn't know how to slide. <laughs> and it's such a simple thing. But I, I get it. In college, you don't want to go down. Right. And so yeah. if you try to keep your feet and refuse to go down. That's a mentality that a running back and a really good quarterback have. And I think it's got to be a big adjustment for a lot of these guys to be like, wait, I'm giving myself up. 
that's not innate for me. I'm not used to it, but I mean, obviously that's not high on the list, but he does need to learn how to no. slide. <laughs> Spend some time in Wrigleyville and kind of learn how to slide or the South side, but I don't want to take, I don't want to, yes, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to play. Yeah. He uh, should rub elbow with winners. I think probably on the South side. That that. Makes, okay. That's fine. That's fine. I will allow that. I will say this as well. I think that you will be able to understand regardless of the yards, regardless of the touchdowns, there will be an eye test of like, this guy is a football player. This guy gets it. He knows what he's doing. I think he, we even saw glimpses of it last year. I think he can be decisive. I think of the touchdown pass to Jesper Horstead hmm. in Las Vegas was like, what, what is happening? Like that is such, there is such a confidence and it was such a tight window throw. And obviously Horstead made a great play on it, but it's like, that ball had to be perfect, and it absolutely was. I think of one of the touchdowns he had to Jesse James, where you're like, wow. And, like, look at the guys that he's throwing to. Right. It's Jesper Horstead and Jesse James. He's not – it's not going to – and no disrespect to Allen Robinson, but I'm like, it's not Allen Robinson making an incredible play. He, he's right. throwing these guys. And there was even one – I think it was the Pittsburgh – I think it was the touch, the go-ahead touchdown against Pittsburgh, if I'm remembering this correctly, where it was a broken play – and him and Darnell Mooney make the same read, and he makes a perfect throw. We need to see more of that. And regardless, and I and I think that's one of the things, like if we have a ton of games that were like the Steelers game last year, regardless of the wins or losses, where he's put them in a position to win, he's making the throws, that's good enough for me. Wins, I'm not going to be too concerned about this year. I, I would love to win. I would love to sneak in. I'm, and I'm also not going to be one of these guys like, don't make the playoffs. Like, don't make the playoffs. I don't care because if he's good and we're making the playoffs, it's different than Mitch Trubisky's corpse being dragged into the playoffs. Like, it's a little bit different. So I, I'm not hung up on wins. Win if you can, but ultimately make the plays that you can and give us some reasons for hope and things. Be like, yeah, this is what's happening. We're, we're seeing this. Like, I even thought last year after that Steelers game, and which happened after the 49ers game or around that same time, that little stretch where they had leads late leads against the Steelers, the 49ers and the Ravens. You're like, I'm, I'm good. I'm now convinced that this is a quarterback. Let's get the team better, which is why I, again, we go back to the point that we talked about in the open about like, no, no, if the team's better, like that's three wins. They, they could have won nine games last year, which would have been a disaster because it would have extended pace and probably maybe Nagy. Yes. But pace for sure, maybe not Nagy. But like, you know, I I I if anything, maybe Justin Fields was sabotaging. No. Um <laughs> but I, I think that um we'll see it. We'll see that it's like this stuff's working. Like, well, we got yeah, a tough team, you know. We're not I mean, you watch these quarterbacks and you, you can watch Carson Wentz and be like, Nope, but you watch somebody else and you're like, I'm definitive. I don't mm. want to be in a position where we have I think even Jalen Hurts has kind of proven himself. Uh, a little bit too. I think that, you know, I was reading something where somebody's like, well, they took the ball out of his hands. I'm like, well, he did attempt 26 passes against the football team and he was pretty good. So I don't know. He was terrible. And it was such a change in their philosophy there. I mean, they were basically like, hey, Jalen, you're our entire offense. We need you to do everything. Yeah. And I think somebody must have sat that OC down and said, listen, he's good. He's incredibly talented, but we're going to need to balance this up a little bit. And I, and I think that do that does relate to Getsy. I think Getsy was excellent at figuring out a way to get the ball in the hands of playmakers. Yeah. The the defense being good is going to help. We we know how that works when when the when the defense is giving up a lot of scores or when they're not getting any turnovers or they're not offering short fields. That momentum that that's tough for an offense to be able to get into a nice rhythm and a flow if your defense isn't playing very well. And I think if the defense is significantly better, and I think it can be, that that's going to help Justin Fields. I mean, there's a lot of things that I think. I hope will be will be better for him that play in his favor this year. I'll be shocked if it's a complete crap show, Adam. I really will be. I think he like to your point, I think he is competent. I don't know how you watch him last year in those games that you talked about and think this guy just doesn't have it. I don't know what you're yeah. watching, if that's what you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like already calling him a bust after one season with Matt Nagy right. makes absolutely no sense to me. 
And I don't think that they're throwing away this season by any stretch of the imagination. If anything, I think that they're they're actually going after wins by trying to improve the defense instead of chasing their tails with like hoping these second round wide receivers pan out. They're like, no, 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 we're going to take the for sure guys. And it's for sure as it can be. I think they're chasing wins. Uh, they're just not free agent guys that you're throwing money at. So I think that it's a it's a little bit of a refreshing change. So I like seeing it. And I think that you'll know. You'll know when you see it. It's like art. You'll know when you see it. I can't describe it, but you'll know when you see it. Hey, I just Timothy, describe what? it. If I can do it, then it's probably not art. That's how I. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Sammy, do we have one more question? I know that we've uh, probably not. Uh, who will have a better season, Jalen Johnson or Kyler Gordon? How about their, uh, you know what? I think, oh man, I love Jalen. Now I'm going to get too excited about Kyler Gordon. I don't want to, I don't want to go there, but I think that Kyler Gordon is going to be test. I, I think that he's going to be the guy who gets tested. Um, so I think that he could have a better season that he's going to get more opportunity to make some plays. Um, that's a tough call. Who do you think? I mean, Jalen was an elite corner. I mean, he's an elite corner last year, right? I yeah, mean, he he's was a shutdown like, guy. Yeah, amongst the top three at various times throughout the course of the year. I mean, teams quite literally going away from his side. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I would find it hard to believe that a, a first season a rookie could exceed yeah. the level of play that Jalen Johnson displayed last year. I think. I mean. If he does, and you make a great point, if he gets more volume and he responds to that volume, yeah, maybe he gets more picks, maybe he gets more opportunities, maybe he gets more TFLs. I don't, I don't know. There's a possibility of that, but, but I mean, experience does matter, right? And yeah. I, I think like the fact that Jalen Johnson has proven, and as long as he can stay healthy, has proven that he is an elite corner. It's going to be pretty tough to top that from a rookie yeah. corner. Yeah, and that's one of the things, um, and this is what, you know, this will be a little bit of a tip for you who, if you play the IDP game in fantasy football. This is why I always love taking rookie corners because of the volume. Like, they're mm. like I don't think they're going to th- – like when you look at the stat sheet, you'll be like, oh, look, Kyler Garden had more interceptions. He had more tackles, as you said, because nobody wants to mess with Jalen Johnson. I think that mm-hmm. I think that that's another one of those things that nobody talks about when they talk about this team is how good he is. Like, we we already have a shutdown corner. If Kyler Gordon approaches that level, like, mm-hmm. God, when you have two elite, and even Tommy Graham. I was going to say, he was hungry at the end of the year. Oh, and show, my God. He really showed up. He played well at the end of the year. Yeah, he really did. And if he comes in, and I like that Eberflus did not give him the, you know, he didn't just come out and announce, like, he's going to be the outside corner or the, the slot corner or whatever. The Bears have the potential of having three really good cornerbacks which you absolutely need in the modern NFL. So I think that's huge. So statistically, I think we were both in concert as saying Kyler Gordon, but like, do not sleep on how good Jalen Johnson is. And uh, if we can, I know we got a couple, I know if you need to bounce, if you can stick around, maybe give us a couple of minutes. Sammy, do we have some of the running back there? People respond, by the way, right now, uh, if you could just uh, type in the word sick uh in the comments too but let's let's see if we have some uh some of the running backs we'll try to run through i saw ap live against their bears we couldn't stop him uh and that's you know what i'm gonna say adrian peterson was definitely a very good running back i will i will take the i will take the argument that he was good um yeah adrian but i don't but adrian peterson couldn't catch the ball I think, yeah, when we're talking about we, I think we're specifically looking at the versatility of LT all around, all around yeah. running backs and uh, bruising look, AP was bruising. No doubt he about was, it, man. That dude ran was, downhill for sure. If your vote is for Adrian Peterson, I'm not going to argue with you. Bo Jackson. I will say this about Bo Jackson. If you are just taking a one game, if, if a guy's in optimal health, one game, it's kind of hard to go against Bo Jackson as well. That that's a great one. That's another it great is. one. I, I'll still take LT uh, for the all around versatility. Bo Jackson to me, I will always say too. Like, I think sometimes the Hall of Fame, like if they wanted to put Bo Jackson in the Hall of Fame, I'm like, okay, like there he was incredible. He was incredible. His athleticism on the ba- baseball field and the football field. I mean, uh, other what maybe Deion Sanders would be in the conversation too, but I think it's unmatched. I mean, he just. 
and you will hear other professional athletes talk about it. You've probably heard it on a yeah. level of amazement when it comes to yeah. Bo Jackson's athleticism, the speed, yeah. the strength, the agility. I it just, I, a freak of nature. <laughs> I think unbelievable. The, I think the only person you could compare him to would be Otani. I want to mm. see Otani in a helmet. What he would be able to do? Don't though, because he's an angel. I don't want him to get hurt. Well, By the play? way, he'd be a tight end. Yeah, he would have to be. He's tall. He's a, he's a big, big dude. He's a big. He would be the Debo. He would probably play the Debo position. Could probably hand him the ball, and he'd probably truck people. Uh, he's that fast. Are there any more running backs that people? I think that Prime CMC. Mm. Okay, you're a you're a millenn- you're a you're a Gen Z kid. I don't yeah. I don't disagree. Healthy, but. I will tell you, Prime CMC, you must be a young person, and I'm not going to harangue you. Prime CMC is incredible. He is a really good player. Ladanian Tomlinson was much better and did it for a longer time and was healthy for a longer time. No disrespect to you. Yeah, the health factor. You you nailed it. I mean, your greatest ability is your availability. And I mean, as much as I mean, I drafted CMC this past year. I love him. I love him. With high hopes. He just can't stay healthy. I mean, that's it's it's disappointing. I feel bad for the guy, but you're right. Peyton stayed healthy. He played <laughs> game yeah. in and game out. LT played game in and game out. The, like the endurance was um, incredible. Very good. Was there was there another one? Was there one more? Earl Campbell. Love oh, that's it. Oh, that's that's going way back. Um, Never saw him. Did you? I mean, I don't. We were born yeah. about the same time, weren't we? Around seventy three. I've seen the highlight. Yeah. I'm a little yeah. younger, but I, uh, yeah. Earl Campbell was a, um, yeah, okay. I'll take it. Earl Campbell was very good. I don't mind. Could catch Forte, out the backfield? That's the thing. Like he's, yeah. he's not a, his uh, pass catcher, Matt Forte. You know what? Matt Forte, I put in the category of Ladanian Tomlinson of a player who could do it all and do it all so well. I don't want to say this because Matt Forte is my best friend. He's not, but um, he, Matt Forte was pretty close too. I think Matt Forte kind of gets overlooked of how good he was. And I think that, um, no, he was fantastic as well. I need if to you put it into tears. Would you, maybe he would be like on a second tier of this type of running back that we're talking about, because I don't think he's in the elite status of LT, mm. but as a pass catcher and a versatile back and a great bear and a great dude. Besides that, I think. I don't know. I, I would pay, place him in a tier. It would probably be in a second tier in the types of so, that we're talking tier about. two behind. All right. I would put him ahead. Like when you start, cause people start talking about Jamal Charles and people like that. I also, you know, like Curtis Martin's a hall of famer and I God, Curtis Martin was really good. I would have to go back. I want to examine this again. Cause I know like, I don't know. We don't hear about Forte for the hall of fame enough. And I'm like, I don't know with some of the players who are in like, mm-hmm. are we not going to give a look for a Forte, the hundred receptions. That's a big deal. Because Again, now like teams have to, like, I think they have to roster an extra back who is a, a pass catcher out of the backfield. Yeah. Like that's a thing they are looking for. So to be able to have that as a dual threat, I mean, I think your point earlier was a great one. Are we going to see that much going forward? Maybe that makes another case for Monty because he can do both. Yeah, that's the thing too. He's he's actually worked on his hands mm-hmm. a lot. I think that was one of the knocks coming in was that he didn't catch the ball enough. But I'm like, I've I've never been disappointed with him as a receiver out of the backfield. No. I've been uh, disappointed in some of the throws to him, but I think that he's always been, you know, he, I think I know he's had a couple of drops here and there, but I think that overall uh, he's been pretty good. So, want to thank everybody who was uh, sitting there dropping in some running backs. I'll go into the comments at some point and start being like, yeah, that's a good one. Hadn't thought of that, but. Uh, do appreciate it. And Jack, by the way, appreciate you uh, on short notice uh, coming back to the show. Uh, what can we expect from you? How are you? How is the uh, bear down Chicago pod going? It's going great so far. I'm always just so appreciative of the folks that came with us as we made a transition, you know, to this new platform. And uh, we've had some great guests on. We've, we've had you. You are our inaugural Thank guest. You. That Thank was you. awesome. Thank we you. really enjoyed that. We've had uh, we had Jacob Infante on recently. Good guy. Yeah. yeah. Great dude. What I mean, he's in college. He was taking finals. How is <laughs> his how is his background to us. now? We What's we that? had to, we had to talk to Jacob about his background. You know, it's he a college dorm room. I know, but, but like look at you. It. Look at your background. That's so solid. 
That's one of the reasons, as much as I like talking to you, I know that your background's good. It's, I appreciate that. You know, we, we have to work with some people on these. So, uh, but yes. we'll, we'll work with Jacob, but he's been great. But uh, I'm glad the podcast is doing well. It's always a great listen. Uh, we appreciate it. We've, I think we've almost had everybody on. If we haven't, let me know. Uh, we'll get Shigru, everybody on. Shigru would be Shigru's a great been uh, guest. Shigru's been on. Has been on. Um, Ryan Dangle, Show. who's our host. I don't, we, I, I don't think we've had Dangle on. Okay, that's the one we need. Ryan Dangle. And then Logan, Logan Bradley. Uh, no. He's, like, he's, he's the youngest member of our crew. Works, oh, I, uh, works a little bit in the biz like you do. Um, okay. And uh, is hilarious <laughs> and super savvy about, about football and the Bears. No, we'll get these guys on in the near future. But again, we want to thank you for coming on. Make sure you follow them at Bear Down Jack on Twitter. Um, I hope people follow you because I enjoy following you on Twitter. Enjoy uh, having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Adam. It was a great chat. Really enjoyed it. Me too. And there he goes, the great Jack Wright. Want to thank him. And by the way, on Thursday, we're going to have another fantastic guest. We're going to be having Ill Will. I don't know if you follow this guy on Twitter. I sure hope that you do. He is one of the best Twitter follows along with Jack uh, and a lot of the great Bears Twitter guys out there, guys and girls, excuse me. Ill Will is going to be here. I am so excited to talk to him. It's going to be in the podcast. We're going to go through a lot of these myths. Uh, it'll be after I do the fan, uh, the football outsider. So I'll probably be super upset, but it's going to be so great to sit with him and talk about the Chicago Bears, talk about his passion and everything like that. It's going to be a great show. So thanks again for being here. Uh, you know what? Come on. You're, you're too nice. Funk, funk bringer. Uh, you are, you are one of the greatest audience members that I could ask for. We really do appreciate everybody who's coming in. You've left great comments. Really appreciate all of you. We, we cannot ask for anything more. So hopefully you'll tune in on Thursday to check that out. And then next week we might start moving a little bit and bringing in some fantasy guys to also talk about some of these fantasy things as well. Moving forward. It's a, add a little bit of variety too, because the Bears will be through their training camp and everything, or will be gearing up for training camp. But again, uh, that that next week the guest is TBD, but we're looking for a fantasy person. Uh, so stay tuned to find out who that could be. We have somebody in mind. Don't want to spoil it. Don't want to jinx it. But we're working on somebody right now. And if he does agree to come, on, I'll spoil it. It's a guy. Uh, if he does agree to come on, you're definitely going to love it. But in any event, uh, we'll see you Thursday. Thank you so much for being here. And until then, bear down. And Sammy, why don't you go ahead and play us out? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.